listeners, this is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and this is PSG Small Talk for Saturday, August 25th, 2018. This is going to be a pretty straightforward show. Again, I not much has happened this week when it comes to PSG. We'll talk about the game that just uh, finished today between PSG and Angers. I'm not going to get into the um, ludicrous rumors that have obviously popped up here at the end of the transfer window. It's just, there's certain things that annoy me when it comes to how soccer sites report some of this nonsense. They kind of report it as if it's somewhat credible. And I find that to be a bit annoying. Again, I'm not going to try to raise my blood pressure here. I'm actually in a pretty good mood. So I'm going to basically leave it at this. The payment that PSG had to make to Monaco is such... That story is so ridiculous on its face that it's almost not even worth commenting on. But I think there is a sentiment in the Real Madrid fan base that they really want to sign somebody. And this is what happens when, as a fan base, you get greedy. And I try to tell this to people all the time in the PSG fan base that are upset or annoyed that they're not making these marquee signings. You don't have to make marquee signings every year. You don't have to go after the best players all the time. There's a time to strengthen your team in a way where you're picking up the cornerstones of what your franchise is going to be built around, and that was last year. PSG got Neymar and Kylian Mbappe for that reason. They are the two cornerstones that PSG plan to build this thing around. And with that being said, they're not going to get N'Golo Kante unless, um, you know, unless miracles happen. They're not going to get Alexandro unless Juventus greatly drops the price. It's hard to build super teams. Real Madrid did it in an era where there wasn't any financial fair play regulation, So they were able to accumulate this super team and then build it over time. But back to sort of Real Madrid's fan base and what I. It's getting to a point where they're covetous. They're covetous of Kylian Mbappe and Neymar. And it's ridiculous because they've won three straight Champions Leagues. PSG would die to have one. And it's almost poisonous. Like, it's bad for the game that you have this club that is just. They can't be satisfied. They always have to be going for somebody else's players. They always have to try to destabilize other teams. Barcelona isn't even that bad in that case. They have their really bad moments. Believe me, they do. But it just there there isn't a there isn't just a moment where you can just go enough's enough. Like Kylian Mbappe and Neymar are not coming to your club this year. They're probably not coming to your club next year, knowing how Nasser and the Qataris handle their business. So it's best that you get that idea out of your head and stop sort of feeding lies and feeding just outright falsehoods to people. It It, it is. It's a shame, too, because I think there's a real opportunity for Real Madrid here to take a step back a little bit, get some of their younger players involved, get Gareth Bale's confidence back, get Karim Benzema where he needs to be, get off of your reliance on Ronaldo, 
and build a team that maybe isn't going to be as dominant, but that's going to be very good and have a chance to win La Ligas and a chance to win Champions Leagues. And you can go a year or two without having to covet other people's players. I, I just find it, I find it unbecoming. And I think if you're a Real Madrid fan, you really need to take a step back, look at yourself in the mirror and go, have we gotten too greedy? Have we gone too far in our quest to have everything from everybody? And I hope that Real Madrid fans learn this lesson, and I hope they become less covetous as um, we go along. I highly doubt that, but hey, you know, what are you going to do? Um Speaking of transfer window, um, there's a lot that's going to be happening over the next week, and I kind of want to get a little bit of the plug out of the way here. Me, John Olangi, and Eduardo Razo are going to do a PSG, and I guess we'll call it a PSG super small talk, which I guess is kind of weird because if it's super small, it's not that long. But in this case, when I say super small talk, I mean much longer episode than normal. We are going to cover the end of the transfer window, what PSG did or didn't do, more probably what I'm thinking, what they didn't do. Um, We are going to cover the Champions League draw, which is on Thursday uh, afternoon, which is Thursday afternoon at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will not cover that live. That will be covered on Saturday with John and Eddie. We'll break down the groups. We'll break down what we like about what PSG drew, maybe what we didn't and where their path goes from here in the Champions League. And we'll also cover the basically PSG's first four games. We've covered them already, about the first two. I'm covering the third now, but we're kind of going to take an overall look at sort of how uh, things have gone in the first month of the season, headed into the first international break. So keep an eye out for that. This is why this show isn't going to be all that particularly long. Because when we're talking about this game against Angers, which PSG won 3-1, to one, you can basically go back to the last small talk when I talked about PSG versus Gingamp and basically replay the tape. Because it's about the same game. PSG struggled a bit in the first half in both games. I'd say in this game, I was a little more ornery about the way they played because I didn't think Angers were... Um, as talented as Gingamp, I don't think... I think, just just not to bounce around here, but I would put Angers in the bottom three of any of the league gun teams. I'd put them in the bottom three, probably with Amiens and maybe another team in there too. But I don't rate Angers very highly this year. And I thought in the first half of this game, you got a team that scored early in PSG. Edinson Cavani got his first goal of the season off of a deflected Neymar cross. And then they just kind of sat back and they gave Angers the possession. And by the end of the first half, the possession was 50, I think it was 53 to 47. And if you're playing against, it might have been 57 to 43, but it was somewhere in that range. Let's just put it this way. For a team that's in the bottom three in Lee Gun, they should not be getting more than 40% possession against PSG in any half. I, I just did not like defensively how PSG dropped off. I thought they were not as aggressive as I would have liked them to be when they take that lead. I think they should be looking to bury teams in the first halves of games. 
And in this game, they just kind of let Angers get comfortable passing the ball. And you got a lot of what I think defensively has been a blessing and a curse for PSG, which is, and I've called it this on Twitter, the Thiago Silva backpedal. And what I mean by that is Thiago Silva as a defensive player is very much a pragmatist. He wants to make, he wants to take as little risk as possible. So when PSG lose the ball in the midfield, especially in the midfield, he marshals that back line so far back into his own third that it gives the other team the ability to sort of pass their way to the front of the 18 and actually get opportunities and looks, as opposed to what happened in the second half, which we'll get to, where PSG were much more aggressive in attacking Angers when they had the ball and forcing them to play out of the back. That's what I'd rather see. And in the first half, you didn't get that. And I found that to be a bit troublesome. Uh, Tilo Kerr played his first game as a PSG player. He did not play particularly well. And there were a couple of reasons for that. I'd say the main reason was it's his first um, it's his first Paris Saint-Germain game in the Parc des Princes. He wanted to do well. He was trying a little bit too hard. He wasn't in great positions. I thought he was a little um, shaky on the ball. Like he wasn't sure whether, you know, he looked a little bit like Levin Kurzawa in games last year, where he was just shaky on the ball. He wasn't confident in what he was doing. And it was smart to take him off in the start of the second half. I mean, I, I believe in the kid. I think he has a load of talent from what I've seen. This was going to be an issue for him, though kind of acclimating himself. And you saw it in the penalty that he gave up to um, to Angers in the middle of the first half. He was just a step behind. He didn't read the ball well, that cross. Player, uh, I think it was Flavian Tate, came from behind and beat him to the ball, and Kara just kind of made this rash sliding challenge when he really could have just stayed with the ball, stayed on his feet and cleared it behind for a corner. And that's how Angers got their their first goal, for those of you who didn't watch. It was a penalty uh, taken by Mancini, and that gave uh, Angers a tie score going into the half. And it was also, it was that, and it was the, the three-man back line, which uh, Thomas Tuchel is trying to get PSG to acclimate to, or at least be able to play successfully. And I like that Tomas Tuchel is trying things. And the back line in this case was Silva, Kimpembe, and Kerr. And it just didn't really work all that well. I, I Again, I didn't think it was because the formation in itself is sort of an invalid thing for PSG to do. I just thought positionally it was a bit confusing at the start. You had Marquinhos playing in the midfield, in a midfield two with Adrian Rabio, who was tremendous, by the way. I, I mean, if he's going to play like that, I mean, if he's going to play like that this year, I'm I'm going to maybe take the risk of keeping him around. Because that guy, if he's that engaged and that good defensively and that solid, he's going to help PSG possibly get to the Champions League semifinal or final. That's how good he can be. And if it's if you have to take the risk, you take the risk. If he's going to play like that, obviously. And your hope is that he builds 
stronger during the year as opposed to getting weaker as it went along, which is what he did last year. But the 3-4-3, Marquinhos was in the midfield. Angel Di Maria was playing the left wing-back position. Meunier, the right wing-back position. They're trying it. It didn't particularly work. They went back to a back four. They brought in Stanley and Soki, took out Tilo Kerr, went to a 4-2-3-1 with Marquinhos and Rabiot in the midfield. Di Maria, Neymar, and Mbappe along the, the, along the line with Cavani up top. Mbappe scores a great volley goal uh, just past, I believe, the 50th minute. That gave PSG a 2-1 lead. Brilliant piece of work by Mbappe to get the ball to Neymar on a on a on a pullback pass. Neymar puts it in. Three-one, game over. PSG win. Very efficient second half. They were pressing better. Again, just play my tape of what I said against Gingamp, and you're pretty much going to get the same thing that I said there. And I, I definitely would like PSG to start better. Uh, it's pretty clear they need to start better. But you can't argue with how dominant they've been in these two second halves. They've looked absolutely unstoppable. Again, against Gingamp and Angers, who are, you know, one's a mid-table league on team, one's a bottom-of-the-table league on team. But that attack, if it's working right, and Angel Di Maria is contributing in the way he can, I don't care what team you are, it's going to be very hard to stop them. The next game, as we, uh, as I said before, PSG will be on the road against Nîmes, newly promoted Nîmes. That game will happen on September the 1st. Can't believe it's September already. Um, September 1st, and that is, again, as I said, me, John Alonghi, and Eduardo Raza will cover that game, along with the transfer window closing and the Champions League draw. So lots of busy, busy uh, times ahead here for the folks at PSG Talk. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to the podcasts, PSG Talking, PSG Small Talk. Um, make sure to visit our Patreon page at psgtalk.com. Read our articles. Contribute $1 to PSG Talk, and you will get the first ever Keeping the Energy. It took a little bit to get it uploaded because I'm not particularly great with technology, but that's finally up. It's a good show. Listen to it. Enjoy it. You will get Neymar the Iconoclast, the podumentary that me and Chase Hayslip are working on. That will debut on Patreon before it gets to the general public. And if you subscribe to our Patreon, you will get the four hours me and Chase did discussing Neymar in depth in preparation for the show. So, with that all out of the way, um, everyone enjoy their week for PSG Talk. This has been Mark Damon saying au revoir for now.